The Beauty Biz, brought to you by serial entrepreneur and aesthetic clinic chain founder, Esther Fieldgrass. Your regular insider peek into the beauty and wellness industry. Hi everyone, Esther Fieldgrass here. Welcome to The Beauty Biz, where I interview beauty, well-being, and health professionals to bring you the latest news and their views. Today I have a very special guest for us, but before we start, I wanted to give you some background into my clinic philosophy. Inner health for outer beauty. For many years, I lived in the Far East. When you look at Eastern philosophy and you look at the way they work, they're always looking at the health of the liver, the health of the kidneys, at the organs. And it made me realise that actually, when you look at the girls in, say, Hong Kong or Taiwan, and you look at their beautiful skin, how their hair shines, how their eyes shine, what their philosophy is over there and why they're looking so great is because they do practice this inner health for outer beauty. And we're going to discuss that a bit more as time goes by. Today, we have Victoria Cooper, who is our colonic hydrotherapist, and she works with us actually in our Chelsea branch and in our St. John's Wood branch. And colonics is something that I often talk about and people shy away from. So I really want to demystify it today by getting Victoria to come and talk to us and tell us a bit more about colonics. So welcome, Victoria. Hello. Tell us a bit about your background, and I know you've got lots of qualifications, so tell us a bit about that and why you actually want to look at people's poo, for want of a better word. (laughs) Well, I started my healing journey when I was living in Cape Town, and I was introduced to an English girl who was going to a meeting, and my inner antennae perked up. And I asked her what sort of meeting that was. Anyway, long story short, I went and attended this meeting every week. There was a very interesting man, Dr. Rex Johnson, who introduced me to an awful lot of healing modalities and ended up teaching me spiritual healing and giving me an overview, very different from the view that I'd been brought up with, on how to manage our health and how to look at what was going wrong. When I'd finished studying with him, I came back to London and I began embarking on a spiritual healing training. And that was a clinical setting for two years. I worked at the Belgrave Square branch of the SAGB for two years doing that. From there, as the cosmic web would have it before the days of the internet, I bumped into somebody who was another one of my teachers in Cape Town. And I began studying natural medicine with him whilst we were both living in London. And it was there that I came across colonics. I actually had signed up for a course of spiritual philosophy with him. And then after I parted with a huge tranche of money, he then announced that there was an obligatory natural medicine component of the course. And so I thought in for a penny, in for a pound, dived in and learned all sorts of things. I Even with Dr. Rex Johnson, I had no idea existed. One of those was colonics. And as soon as I'd been introduced to that, I thought, well, how absolutely fascinating. And I started reading and reading and reading to the point where I couldn't read enough. And one day the little light went on and I thought, yes, I'm going to do this as a career. So then I went and got all sorts of bits of paper, including anatomy and physiology. And under the auspices of the uh, body known as ARCH, the Association of Registered Colon Hydrotherapists, I did some very specialist training in the anatomy and physiology of the colon and associated areas and also the practicalities of how to administer a colonic safely and comfortably for an optimum number of clients. Wow. I mean, every day you're actually dealing with people, but I know within the clinics we have sort of very sophisticated machinery. We're actually infiltrating the body with water, 
but you're also looking at people's excrement as it's going out. Can you just... What is the fascination with this? <laughs> there is a little bit of a misconception about that. People think I have some kind of microscopic insight into what's going on. The reality is I have no microscope. I'm looking at the stool formation. Um, in other words, how the body is forming uh, what it's releasing. And that can be contingent on the kind of food that we've ingested, our chewing and emotional conditions such as, for example, if we're really, really, really stressed over a long spell of time, we might find our waste coming out in little bunny droppings. Literally, the waste has been forwarded and backwards along the colon like pebbles along a seashore. So they do assume that pebble formation. It's very interesting. And also, uh, ancient waste tends to look very different to more recent waste. Uh, coloration can be a key. If the liver's not up to par, I will notice a different coloration. I've only ever once seen something really quite scary and where I had to forward somebody on to urgent medical care. But generally, what people are releasing is pretty normal. But a lot of people will say to me, is it all normal? And I say, <laughs> yep, it is. But this is your feedback. This is what the body is telling us. And I view, when I'm looking at what the body's releasing, I view that as something of a readout from the body. I'm very pro the idea when I carry out a colonic is listening and observing what the body is trying to communicate. So I tend not to have a fixed idea in my mind as to what we're going to achieve in the session. I'm letting the body do the talking. Okay. So Victoria, just explain what are the benefits of having a colonic? First of all, let me just say what a colonic actually is, because people may not understand. We allow tubing into the body just a couple of inches at the rectum, and it's ergonomically designed for comfort. We're using plenty of lubricant to make it a non-traumatic experience. And from there, we're allowing purified warm water into the body. So it's inlet. People often think I'm pumping water. I'm not pumping. It's a gentle, gentle inlet. Sometimes people say to me they can't feel a thing because it's so gentle and that's the way I like it. I try and work under the body's radar if you like. I don't like to shock the body into anything. So the water goes into the body and there it's soaking and dislodging historic wastes. Those wastes can be trapped in the pockets of the colon. That's just the anatomy of the colon. It's a tube with pockets located all the way along its side, all the way along its length. And waste can easily get trapped both in those pockets and where the colon turns corners. So when the water goes in, as I mentioned before, it's dislodging and softening all of that waste, which in turn gives the body an opportunity to expel it in a way that laxatives and ordinary day-to-day -day elimination may well not do. And the benefits of that are, well, if we, if we just step back a moment and look at what trapped waste will do, it becomes very toxic. It accumulates and it can inhibit efficient elimination of more recent wastes. So the person gets increasingly bunged up and sluggish almost without realising it. When they have a colonic and that waste is cleared, we reduce the toxic load of the body, thereby reducing the workload of uh, detoxification organs like the organ, like the liver and uh, in turn that increases our energy levels it enhances our elimination on an 
going forward basis. One of the other intangible benefits of regular colonics is that you improve the muscle function. So like any muscle, and the colon is a muscle, it's classified as a smooth muscle. When you work out any muscle, it enhances its functionality and strength. And the colon is no different. I've seen that with somebody who had zero muscle tone. She was 86 years old, bless her. And after uh, about 10 sessions she had with me, the colon was working like a little teenager's colon. So it's awesome. So if somebody like that can have that increase in functionality, then, you know, it can happen for a lot of people. Mm. I feel as though an understanding about gut health is enjoying a resurgence at the moment. Could we talk about why it's so important? Yeah, it's becoming known as the last frontier, I think, of human health. I think we've had lots of misconceptions about the gut flora and uh, bacteria in general in the body. We're now calling the human body the microbiome because we're aware that the bacterial populations of our body exceed the number of human cells by something like 10 to 1. So these bacteria are not something we can ignore and neither are we taking the view that there's something to blast out of the sky with all sorts of potions. We're actually trying to work more in harmony with it and because the gut uh, houses something like 1,200 different strains of bacteria and by the way we're still counting on those, they keep on discovering new ones And since the discovery that all of these strains of bacteria have different functions in the body, from influencing our immune function to our mood and even our personality expression, it's obviously assuming greater levels of importance. And I think, therefore, balancing gut flora, balancing the gut conditions is an imperative for all of us if we want good long-term health outcomes. We have to take the microbiome factors into account. And... um, Uh, They now know that even the kind of food that we're eating influences the composition of our gut flora. So in a world where we have uh, floods and floods of junk food or processed food, or in a world where we're stressed and this resulting acidification of the body tends to kill off our gut flora, we need to really refocus and also we shouldn't we shouldn't ignore things like antibiotic levels in non-organic foods either we may or may not be able to afford organic foods all the time but we still need to keep it in mind so we can do that as and when we feel a little more flush or we're able to grow our own food or whatever it is however we can achieve having food intake that really suits our body is a very good idea so are you very keen on green foods for the body very much so very much so and there are foods that provide food for the gut flora themselves. There's a substance known as inulin. People can take it as a supplement, but you can also find it in foods such as onion and bananas and what have you. And that's very, very important. Foods, fermented foods really help our gut flora. I'm a big one on learning how to make our own sauerkraut. It's not difficult. It's just shredding a few cabbages and bunging it together with layers of salt. You know, lots of recipes on the internet as to how to do that. That provides an enormously helpful input to our gut 
start on a day-to-day basis. Obviously, live yogurt. We've got now kefir yogurt as well. All sorts of things. The bookshelves in various bookshops are awash with info on fermented foods, and I think this is a very helpful influence. Hmm. So, tell me, what does the ideal gut health look like? Uh, the ideal, and obviously, this may or may not be applicable to a lot of people, or they may not be in that place where when they start thinking about helping their gut. But for somebody like me, the ideal is that we eliminate 45 minutes for an hour after each meal. And yes, you're raising your (laughs) eyebrows and taking a little leaning backwards with shock and horror. And You know, the reality is that even if somebody is releasing once a day, I'm okay with that. It means there's room for improvement, but it means the colon is working efficiently. I do get, however, people who've not been to the loo for two weeks, three weeks, even up to six weeks. So, and sometimes they're told that's normal, and I would have issues with that evaluation of normality. And it's very unusual Uh, very rare, in fact, where if a client is continuing to work with me, where I can't dramatically increase that gut functionality to at least 100%. You know, if somebody's only releasing once a week, and then they come a few sessions later and say, yep, well, I'm releasing every two days, I'm thinking, hallelujah. And I have had people come to me and saying, oh, Victoria, you know, in tears, nearly, you know, I think I've lost my gut function. I was taking this, I was doing that, you know, help, help, help. You know, I sit for three hours on the loo, nothing happens. Help, help, help. So I, my job also is to give somebody confidence that they can restore that functionality. The person I'm thinking of barely comes to me now because everything's working tickety-boo. And so I'm delighted, delighted for her that her whole outlook on her body's function is completely altered. So it's interesting you saying that, Victoria, because I have a number of ladies that come into the clinic that say to me, oh, you know, when I'm out for the day, I can't possibly go to the toilet, you know, somebody else's toilet. Mm. And to which I reply, okay, but you know what? The colonic is the best facial you're ever going to (laughs) have. Well, that is true. That is true because skin breakouts can be one of the symptoms of a very unhealthy gut. Talking about that, so what are the obvious physical symptoms that someone may have that could be linked to a poor gut health? Well, obviously skin clarity is one of the very direct influences of a of poor gut health headaches can be included in that bad breath difficulty breathing if the top of the colon is all congested it means the diaphragm can't extend so people can have problems fully extending the lungs and breathing which is obviously you know very unsatisfactory state of affairs uh, constipation ibs like symptoms lots of gas and bloating social embarrassment and then there are indirect influences as well aching joints fungal skin conditions, fungal toenails, foggy-headedness, dizziness, depression even can be one of those symptoms. So you can see it's very wide-ranging in its influence. So who would actually benefit from having a colonic? And, you know, what does it feel like? It feels very gentle. I work very, very gently. I often say to clients, if they, because a lot of them are very nervous when they come for the first time, and I explain it should feel like a very gentle internal massage. My golden rule, wherever I work, is that they disallow any kind of discomfort 
during the session. If anything feels uncomfortable for them, I ask them to please verbalise that to me so that I can then take steps to either reduce the water flow because people have different levels of sensibility. You know, what's very comfortable for one person may, and if another person can be very tense, it may they may find that a little bit much. So I go with where their sensibility levels are set. So I want the client to have had a relaxing, comfortable, instructive experience as well as increasing their gut health. I like my clients to go away with answers. So Victoria, I know that we've been working, you've been in the clinics for near on nine years now, which is a long time, but we still have clients coming in through the door saying, well, is it safe? Is there any risk to having a colonic? People still are very unsure. Do you want to express a bit about the safety of it? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, about why they should have it a bit more? Yes. Uh, why they should have it is if they're not happy with their general health and specifically their gut conditions, if they've got constipation, headaches, uh, feeling sluggish, all of those sort of things, skin clarity. But on the issue of safety, I still get a lot of people, uh, in fact, almost every new client is asking me about the gut flora. How safe is that uh, to have a colonic in reference to your gut flora? This originates from an article that was written in the Sunday Times in 2007 and some, let's just say, wide-ranging claims were made that we destroy gut flora. Well, the claims that were made weren't based on any studies because there's never been any clinical studies on colonics. So as hydrotherapists, we're often wondering where those notions came from. However, at the time, the chair of our association was a microbiologist, and he undertook some studies himself, and he took samples of clients' stools before they'd had a colonic, and uh, taking stools from daily motions for a good couple of weeks after they'd had a colonic. And in every single case, the gut flora had reproliferated to pre-colonic levels within two to three days. We do have the potential, if we reach all the way around the colon, to flush out, not destroy, to flush out up to 90% of the gut flora. But we're also flushing out unhelpful bacteria and viruses, toxic metals, uh, chemical residues, etc., etc. The gut flora we do flush out, as I say, will reproliferate because it has its, if you like, its, its family is based along the gut wall where it's in a good position to reproliferate without any competition from the unhelpful yeast, etc. So, in fact, in terms of gut flora, this is a very helpful thing to rebalance. On the chemical residues, sometimes in those pockets, people do retain some of the medications they've been taking orally. I had a lady come to me years ago. She'd been having boils all along the outside of her thighs and the boils were so bad she'd had repeat surgeries on her leg. And nobody could find out why these boils were occurring. They were just giving her surgery to help repair the skin. And she came to me. The medication that she'd been taking, she'd, she'd stopped taking it two years prior to her visit to me. When she came out of the loo after the session, I said to her, how did you get on? And she said, Victoria, the loo reeks of the medication I stopped taking two years ago. Wow. Yeah. And her skin cleared up. Fantastic. 
Yeah. So that kind of influence being trapped in the gut will also affect gut flora levels. A lot of the medication and lifestyle factors come into play, which also destroy your gut flora levels. When you're stressed, as I said earlier, your body acidifies. That's a killer for your gut flora. Your, um, your overconsumption of alcohol will kill off your gut flora. And so the list goes on and on and on. So the influence of a colonic is very mild. It's very temporary, but it's very helpful in terms of getting rid of everything else. Helps your gut flora to rebalance. Okay. I know within our clinics or within my clinics um, that we actually do infusions after people have had colonics. So we do the infusions and we do the zone out therapy. Yes. Well, we we do several. We do the coffee colonic, which actual infusion occurs before the rest of the colonic. So we use a litre of organic coffee and quite a strong solution. We allow that into the body so it's comfortable. The body retains that and uh, the caffeine travel, it gets picked up by the bloodstream from the colon, travels to the liver. The liver has a little mini flush out, releases lots of bile. The bile is one of the triggers for the gut muscle function. So we enhance the uh, response of the gut from that coffee colonic. And also coffee is a colon relaxant. So we're getting enhanced muscle uh, functionality and we're having a relaxed colon. So what we find in the coffee colonic is people increase the level and volume and rate at which they're releasing during the session. So that's a very, very popular treatment. People really like that. Once they've had one, they tend to come back and have pretty much every session as a coffee colonic. We also offer wheatgrass colonics. The wheatgrass is an inlet to the body after the colonic, so that the client has the session. They're transferred to the loo. We then put them back on the couch with a new set of tubing, and uh, we use fresh wheatgrass juice, four fluid ounces of fresh wheatgrass juice, which we inlet to the body. The wheatgrass juice is very nutritive as well as very cleansing. So we get a, a double whammy with the wheatgrass. And considering that the client has already had a full session and released on the loo, what can happen with the wheatgrass infusion is that the body's releasing even more when they go back to the loo for the second time. I had a client years ago, she'd had a lot of abdominal surgery for reasons of fertility. And what had happened is that the resulting scar tissue had affected her ability to eliminate. But with the wheatgrass juice, she went back to the loo and she was releasing really huge amounts that even the full colonic session had been unable to shift with her. Wow. Mm. So that's the value. The zone out colonics are there for those who are stressed. As I've said, stress can play havoc with the colon function. It can inhibit the muscle function instead of the body pushing waste up from the lower right hand side of the abdomen across the middle of the abdomen and then down the left ready for elimination. What happens is that that little uh, muscular pulse is sometimes stopped in its tracks when we're really, really freaked out. And if we have a low level of stress, that's continuing for a long time. So it takes a long, much longer interval for food waste to pass along and be expelled. If it gets expelled at all, it may then get trapped. So that's one of the reasons why a colonic is very helpful for people who are stressed. The zone out helps people to really calm down and relax. One of the first things that happens when we're really stressed is our endocrine system goes on the blink, starts to underperform because the body's flooded with adrenaline and cortisol. So the hypothalamus, who's the conductor of the endocrine system, sends a command to everything else. Would you mind underperforming? We're in a state of 
of emergency here. Just pipe down. So everything starts to underperform, including the thyroid function. Thyroid determines our metabolic rate, and part of that metabolism is our elimination. So we're getting a thyroid, i.e. a hormonal influence, to not function up to par. So when we do a zone out, the body gets the opportunity to reset to default. So again, people are very relaxed, and they find they have a, a much improved result. Mm. Just a quick question here. Are you finding that you're getting more ladies or men coming in for this type of treatment? Yeah, I have about 40% male clients, which when I first started, that's much higher than I imagined. And it's a slightly different demographic. Women tend to come because they're very, very in tune with their abdomen on a daily basis, you know, in relation to their cycle. A lot of ladies get very, very bunged up just before their menstrual period. So people like that, if you're getting cramps, if you're getting very congested, again, that's the hormonal command to hold on to everything because otherwise you'd be leaking the menses and instead the body's holding on to the feces as well. So that's why we get very, very congested. And so a colonic to help abdominal comfort is a great idea just before that uh, spell of time if you're keeping track of that. But the ladies tend to come because they want to feel good and look good. The men tend to come because they are looking at their work arena. They want to, they view their physical body as the vehicle by which their work output is optimized. So they want to keep that all motoring along nicely. So they often come along for reasons of, you know, I want to look great. I'm going to give this talk and I want to I want to look amazing. I want to feel amazing. <laughs> you know, so that that's the conversation I've had with a lot of men. But yeah, I think I think men are less freaked out about the notion of it than once they were, perhaps because of media coverage. Oh, great. So Victoria, just tell us what are your top three foods or supplements for gut health? Well, some say the figures relating to magnesium deficiency are something like 67% of the population being deficient in a major electrolyte mineral. That can play its part in sluggishness and inability to eliminate effectively. So that has to be one of my top supplements. I would also... I'm glad you said foods as well as uh, as supplements. The banana is great for giving food to the gut flora that you do have. It will help that proliferate. It's full of potassium and all sorts of other things as well. But, you know, in terms of the gut flora, that has to be really pretty high up there on a list of things that are really helpful for the gut. And that leads me into numero uno, which has to be probiotics. It's a must. And... When people have had antibiotics, I know you mentioned it earlier, are you actually telling them to take probiotics or yoghurt after having antibiotics? I do, and I recommend the sauerkraut as well. Floration of the gut is of absolutely key prime importance because it has such a wide-ranging influence along uh, the lines of a whole total bodily health. And as I said before, the gut flora levels can influence our mood and personality expression, as well as, this is interesting, uh, one of the strains of bacteria, the Lactobacillus plantarum, instructs the colon muscle function to operate. So it can get as detailed as that. So I like people to have uh, L. plantarum in any process probiotics that they do select. I think that's a really useful one in getting things galvanized into activity. But in general, the gut flora also maintain the correct pH balance of the gut. The body has a digestion recipe and it goes alkaline mouth, acid stomach, 
alkaline to neutral small intestine and slightly acid colon. These are really important things to take into account. So the alkalinity of the mouth obviously plays its part when we're chewing. If we don't chew properly, then the stomach can become over acid and also the food particles are too large for the body to efficiently digest. So yeah, taking into account all of these factors is really important. Mm. I know, I was with the Dr. Stossier from the Viva Mare Clinic and he sits with me sometimes at dinner and says to me, Esther, chew a hundred times each <laughs> mouthful. Oh yes, and I joke to my clients, chewing is free, but nobody does it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Beauty Biz with Esther Fieldgrass. So Victoria, we have a couple of questions here. Mm. Firstly, there's been a lot in the press about faecal implants. People raise their eyebrows when I say this. Could you explain what this is and what it does? There's a lot of research about this. I wouldn't say it's going to be offered by your GP anytime soon because there are factors that are, they could be less than satisfactory. It's in the realm of the unknown. But essentially what it is, they take a purified fecal solution and enter it into the recipient's body. Generally, this occurs if somebody has got a really serious health challenge. The C. diff sort of thing is the kind of situation where it's been used so far. There is, just as a precautionary tale, there is at least one story on record where there was a mother who had C. diff and her daughter was the donor for the uh, faecal implant. And the mother's C. diff did clear up with the helpful gut flora helping her immunity. But uh, what happened is that within short order, the mother became very obese, just like the daughter, because that influence was coming from the gut flora. There is a lot of research on obesity in relation to gut flora as well. So here is one instance where things kind of backfired. So I think a lot more research is, is needed before that is offered. I think it's still very much in the experimental stage, but I think it has enormous potential. And, you know, I'm I'm very, very heartened to see this sort of thing is, is being considered. It's not something we're going to be offering at EF Medispa anytime soon either. Thank God. It's a specialised procedure. And, you know, God forbid that my clients should come in with anything sort of ragingly awful like the C. diff scenario where they would need it. They'd be going to hospitals or, or, or specialist clinics to have that sort of thing carried out. But, yeah, keep an eye out for that. I think we'll see a lot more stories relating to that in the media. OK, so I've got a question from Anne in Peterborough. How often should you have a colonic? It's very much dependent on the individual. If somebody's never had a colonic before and they're in pretty much you know, perfect health, I will recommend to uh, clear out the gut all at once initially. Once a week is fine for a short spell of time. And then after that, I like people to have a maintenance cycle of every three or four months. So that makes it three or four sessions a year. Some people need much tighter time frame. They may have been born with a mechanical issue like an extra long colon, or they may have had a lot of their colon removed for one reason or another. A lot of people find after that sort of surgery, if they don't have a colonic, there's no elimination. So obviously, I'm not going to say wait six months for that. You know, it, it is very much dependent on an individual thing. If somebody is having a fast, I would say, um, you know, fine, come along for colonics to support your fast. I like people to have colonics, a couple of colonics, ideally, before 
before they embark on the fast. That reduces the body's toxic load in a hugely dramatic way before they even start. And then depending on the length of the fast, one in the middle and then one or two afterwards. That really supports them as well. But I like people in fasting conditions to be out of the general rat race. I like them to have a quiet lifestyle for that spell of time because it's otherwise all it can all get a bit too much for them. Okay. Here's a lot, my last question for you. And this is one that really gets me going. Often my clients tell me they're off to some island in Thailand for colonics, doing it themselves. Mm. It's not really a colonic. High enema, would you call it? Yes, high enema. Yeah. This concerns me because I know within the clinics how pure the water is that we actually infiltrate the body with. But give me your viewpoint on this. Mm. I do advise clients, make sure you get documentary evidence of water filtration from those places in Thailand before you part with a penny. Because I have had clients coming back with... This, these were regular clients of mine that I'd seen for a long, long time. They came back with parasite infestations they certainly did not have before they went there. So, you know, the, the hygiene standards in the UK are totally different to something you'd find it somewhere like that. I'm not saying all of those places out there are questionable. You know, there are a couple that are reputable, but check. It's your duty, your responsibility to check the conditions before you put yourself in the frame for that sort of experience. So you do want documentary evidence. You want you want to see that that uh, documentary evidence has been extended for quite some period of time. In other words, they've been doing it for a long spell of time. They've been regularly changing their filters, etc. And also, you know, you're entitled to check the credentials of the people actually giving you the treatment if you're not doing it yourself. And the issue of doing it yourself has also led to problems with a lot of my clients. So if you're still stuck on going out there, then come to somebody like me so you can understand what it feels like, get some general information and actual knowledge to take with you. But it's not something I recommend. Which brings me on to my last question is how do you actually find somebody that's not only qualified, but who actually will work with you with the right kind of well-being, the enthusiasm that you have? How do you find somebody like that? Well, I would recommend that you go onto the ARCH website and get an ARCH practitioner. I'm an ARCH practitioner. What marks ARCH out is their dedication to constantly increasing standards. We're always keeping very abreast of research and regulations, things that the NHS will advise. You know, we follow that. Our clinics are regularly inspected. You you know, we have networks for mentors. If somebody's not sure about a medical condition, they can access somebody on the phone straight away. So, you know, very, very good uh, standards of operation. That's what I would recommend. OK, so I'm going to be in to see you next week. There we uh, go. OK, see you then. Yes. <laughs> so any of you who would like to come and meet Victoria and talk to her about your problems and have a colonic, you can find her actually at our St. John's Wood Clinic and our Chelsea Clinic. Let me just finish off today by thanking Victoria for coming. Thank you. It's been great having you on the show with us. Join us next time when we'll be talking to Dr Ahmed, who is an expert scientist and leader in the world of human growth cells. And he's also going to be talking to us about bioidentical hormones. So please join us. And don't forget, if you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe if you haven't already. We look forward to you listening to us. Bye. The Beauty Biz with Esther Fieldgrass. 
Follow EF Medispa on Instagram. And to find out more about us, go to efmedispa.com. Produced by The Podcast Company.